You know, it's funny, like, my back, my lower back is really sore, and I was trying to figure out, like, what's going on, because I haven't really been to the gym in the last few days, and, you know, if you've ever done physical labor, when you're bent over all day long and picking stuff up, you know, working on the ground, you know that after a long day of that, your lower back really hurts, right? Or maybe some people that work out in the gym, you know, deadlifts, you know, you do deadlifts and your lower back gets really sore. Well, I figured it out. There's like a million toys laying all over my house and little pieces of trash and paper. And I think I've done about a thousand toe touches in the last five days. So my lower back is really feeling it. My kids, they didn't realize it, but they're helping me get a workout in, even though I couldn't get to the gym, right? So it's like a toy bomb went off in the house. <clears throat> um, Pastor Josh was actually just talking a little bit about, you know, how this time of year after Christmas and kind of before New Year is, is here on us. And I always find this to be like a really interesting time because for quite a number of days, you know, everything really builds and leads up to Christmas. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, climactic type of moment or whatever when you get to there and that day comes and you celebrate. And really, just like he was saying, it's that, that way of celebrating or just viewing God is that you know, should be in our hearts all year long. But nonetheless, it's, it's still a day that comes, and it's a special day, and we celebrate, and then we kind of move on, and we're in between New Year's, which is, for many people, new resolutions or whatever, you know, however they look at it, it's, it's kind of like a, a new season. You know, you're coming into the new year, and there's a, a fresh start on things. Everybody wants to get off to a good start in the new year. But we're like in this in-between stage of you're reflecting back and you're thinking on all the things that have happened through this year, at least I am this way, and then you're looking forward to, you know, what does God have in store for me next year, and what are the things that he would have me to do, and I'm just anxiously anticipating those great things that are ahead, and also very thankful for the things uh, that have happened. But I know for a lot of people, just like he was saying, they will maybe make resolutions or purpose in their minds to make changes or to do new things. Or for many people, it's even serious in nature to the extent where they're really battling things like strongholds or addictions or things that are really weighing them down. And, you know, they purpose that they're going to, you're going to make those changes and they're going to get through it. And unfortunately, for many people in this world and all of us, I guarantee in one way or another, we know somebody close to us, not just distantly, but close to us. If it's not, you know, maybe been us at one point or another that, that could say this is, this is a reality that they've seen. Where there's people that just can't seem to come out of a season. They just can't seem to move on and break through into the, to that next place that God is really challenging them to get to, or they just can't seem to get out from under the thing that is holding them back or weighing them down. They desperately want to. If you talk to them and you have conversations, you can tell there's a genuine desire to want to get out of it, but somewhere along the line, something doesn't shift or change for them to be able to come out of a season that they've been in in their life and move on into the next season that, they would, that God would have them to go into. And, and to kind of get started in this, the first thing I want to do is examine just, you know, how God set up seasons 
in this world. He, he actually created things to be seasonal or shifting and transitioning in nature, not to just stay the same way all the time. And he very much created us to live our lives that way, where we're moving from, from out of things and into new things, you know, uh, as far as what God has for us. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, it says, God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And so in the very beginning, when God created the earth and he established things, he established seasons. He established an ongoing course of change and shifting that was healthy to all of what was being created. It was necessary for the development of it or for the movement forward of it. And then in Genesis 8:22. It even says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So this was the, always the purpose from the very beginning uh, for things to continue to change and continue to shift. And, and much so in our lives, we are to be moving forward in, in respects to what God has for us and to moving forward into greater things all the time. And, and there's things that we go through, seasons that God uh, allows us to, to go through or he you know, purposes us to uh, experience, but they're not permanent. You know, there's this, the seasons themselves will shift and change and we'll move on into new things in our lives. And, and the idea is that every part of those seasons, when it's, it's, when it's happening in God's time in our lives, it's beautiful and it's, and it's perfect and it's having its purpose in its way in us. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And in verse 11, he says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. So when we are in seasons that are, you know, let's say purposed for us to go through. And, and look, sometimes those things can be challenging and struggling in nature, and other times they can be exhilarating and fun and exciting. And really, you know, all of that, if it's happening in its time and the way God is, is ordaining it to, it's, it's, it's beautiful in the sense that it has a perfect way of working things out in us and establishing things in us to be able to accomplish the things that God has preordained for our lives. And so if people don't make the changes or the transitions, if they don't shift out of seasons into new seasons whenever those times are coming, they sort of get stuck in this place and they never move on into the things that God is wanting to shift them into in that next phase. You're always having the Holy Spirit live in you, and Christ is always the same. You know, none of that changes. But the idea of these things that we're going through are shifting in our lives, continue to develop to make us more and more and more of the person that God wants us to be, and ultimately to fulfill more and more of the purposes uh, in this earth to expand the kingdom of God that obviously God is wanting to do through us. And so it's an unfortunate thing when people can't seem to shift out of out of places that they're in. And many times we find that people spend an entire lifetime 
in, in one season and never moving on from that place into the next things that God has for them. And I would say that that is tragic. The Bible, if you'll go with me now into the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 28, this is a scripture that a few years ago really just affected me and God really used this to bring revelation to me about this particular type of subject about shifting and moving forward, you know, in seasons in our lives. And so verses 23 through 29, I just want to read through all of these verses and and there's so much packed into here. But think of this as we read it in terms of uh, you know, everything having a purpose in its time and, and being done in a certain way, but when done out of, out of season or done out of uh, the time whenever it's supposed to be, that it doesn't have the intended result, doesn't have the desired effect. It starts out, he says, Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. Every time God starts in the Bible with that before uh, a verse, you know that you want to pay close attention, right? And he says... Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? When he has leveled its surface, does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin, plant the wheat in rows, the barley in the appointed place, and the spelt in its place? So right, up, right away here, we see that there's a purpose to all of these actions and that there's a little different thing that's happening depending on what is the seed that's being planted is, right? He's saying, does he not plow the, the, the ground all day to sow? So he's plowing not just to plow endlessly. He's plowing to break ground so that it's appropriate to be able to sow. But once that ground and those clods are broke, and that has been established, that has been uh, accomplished, the, the guy doesn't go, the plower doesn't go through and continue to plow. It's ready for the seed to be planted. So to continue plowing once that plowing process is finished and not move on into the planting stage would be a waste of time, would be detrimental to the future uh, harvest of being all that it could be, right? And then he goes on to say when he said, okay, now the clods are broken, he begins to plant. When he plants seeds, he plants in different ways. The wheat gets planted in rows, the cumin gets scattered, right? So there's different ways that different seeds uh, take root and germinate and come up to bring a full harvest. The wheat has to be planted in rows in order for that to be uh, the fullest harvest it can be, while the cumin has to be scattered about. So as things are happening in our lives in season there's a there's different things that are happening but when they're in the season that they're in and the timing for that God has, has them set in for us as we're going through them that all of these things are happening in such a way that they're to bring the fullest harvest out of our lives that God wants to bring and if we continue to spend time plowing or you know, not moving on into the next season or the next stage, then really all we're doing is going about and, and kind of like carrying over in something longer than what it needs to be and staying stuck in a place uh, and not moving on to that next stage where new things can, can begin to start happen. The process can begin to continue to shift in our lives. Let's move on from there. It says in verse uh, 26, for he instructs him in right judgment, his God teaches him. For the black cumin is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over the cumin, 
but the black cumin is beaten out with a stick and the cumin with a rod. Bread flour must be ground, therefore he does not thresh it forever, break it with his cartwheel or crush it with his horsemen. This also comes from the Lord of hosts who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. So everything, even when it's, it's even being harvested and it's being uh, brought for consumption, is done to, in different ways to be efficient for uh, bringing forth the purpose with which, which it is created or planted for, right? And if you take wheat, wheat is very uh, soft and it doesn't take a lot to break it down. So it just has to be, he says here, uh, crushed up a little bit, right? He doesn't thresh it forever. But if you continue to thresh it over and over and over again, you break it down. And the more you do that, the, the more of the nutritional value and the more of the good stuff that's in there, you begin to lose out. And now just simply threshing something like cumin won't do. It has to be beaten down because it's a harder substance, right? And so there's things that God is wanting to do in us and, and perform in us and bring to pass in our lives that there's different things that require different types of uh, processes in seasons, right? Sometimes there's things that have to really be ground down hard in us. Maybe it's because of pre- conceived uh, ideas or thoughts that we've developed over, over bad years of habits, or maybe it's just experiences that we've had in the world that have scarred us. There's a lot of things, but sometimes God has to really break down more layers in our heart to begin to plant the new things that he wants to bring forth. Whereas other times, depending on people, experiences, and situations, it might, it might just be a light sifting or shaking that needs to happen. But the idea is that all these are, things are happening in seasonal form and in a, pr pr a process of, of events that's continuing to transition, continuing to move forward and move on into the next stage, but not being stuck in a place too long and nothing being done over and over again endlessly to, to defeat the purpose with which we're trying to get to. And God is trying to do continuous good works through you, through me, through us, all the time. And I think one of the good things that we can grab right off the bat from this is that we don't have to be plowed endlessly. We don't have to go through seasons forever and indefinitely, especially those difficult, challenging things that are hard for us to endure, but purposeful in nature as God sees fit for us and what he wants to do in us. But nice to know and thank God that He can, when his work is done, when he's broke the things down in us or when he's planted the thing, that his desire is to move us on and to keep us progressing forward and to new things and better things all the time so that great fruit can continue to be produced in our lives. Amen? So... How do people just stay stuck there? How do people, even whenever I say this or somebody talks about this to a person, they can understand that concept, but they can still stay stuck in that place. How do people struggle with addictions for years and years and years and years and countless times endeavor to get clean or to come out of it? all the time to continue to fall right back into it. Or maybe it's just, maybe it's not addictions, maybe you know, it's uh, just 
hopelessness or uh, buying this false bill of goods that things are just never going to change. This is just the way that it's going to be for me forever. We know that's not the case, right? Because God wants to continue to change things and continue to bring better things all the time for us. But how do people that can understand this concept that we need to continue to move on and get past things, they want to, in their heart, to do that, but still somehow manage to stay stuck and never transition out of a season and stay in it well past its desired timing and just wallow in that thing endlessly and, and all of the fruit and all of the, the good things that are intended to come out of that never happen because the, sh- the season didn't shift. Well, if you go in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, the word says here, and this is a familiar verse to many people, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what I would submit to you is that in order to move and transition and change in the seasons and the things that God has for us, really, frankly, it's impossible apart from the transformational power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. The Bible says here, when it talks about transformation, the Greek word there is a word called metamorpho. And basically, that means to, to, to actually change form to be transformed. I even like this deeper meaning. It says, properly transformed after being with. So it's not like there's just some simple you know, process, the simple decision that, okay, we just make, or, you know, all right, the will, we're just going to have the willpower this time, or whatever. It's, that's not enough. There actually has to be what we look at in the Bible here and see is a transformation, an actual changing of form and substance, a supernatural thing that happens in our hearts and minds that continues to change. It says here, our mind, which basically means the reasoning faculty or the reason uh, faculty or intellect. And for the believer, it's the organ of receiving God's thoughts through faith. Powerful stuff. See, as we move forward and we attempt to go through things in our life, come out of things, we have to make decisions. We have to make decisions, uh, concise decisions and definitive decisions to be done with things or to move on to things or to grab hold of things. And those decisions, when I say definitive, they have to be absolute. They can, there can be no turning back. There has to be a forward progression through things that will never allow us to look back and, 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 and be uncertain about doing that, about moving forward, about making that final decision in something. And in order to, to do that, we have to begin to have our mind transformed more and more into the way that God would see things and the way that God would make decisions. We don't possess the ability to make heavenly decisions in the state our minds are in before the Holy Spirit can transform it. And so we have to allow the Holy Spirit to have his work and his way of transforming our minds and renewing our minds all the time 
so that we can begin to uh, see things and have the thoughts of God available to us so that we can then make the decisions in the strength of God in our lives to be able to walk through and stay the course to move through the things that he would have us to move through. See, to the natural man, the natural mind, the, especially the one that has, the, the decisions that he's made that have got him in the place that he's at, the decisions are not available. The thinking, the viewing of, of God's thoughts in the situation is not there with him prior to the transformational process to be able to do those things, to move him on in the things, the seasons, and the plans to be able to transition in those things that God has for him. We can develop our minds. You know, We can do a lot of things to learn and grow and expand our knowledge of things, but when it comes to transformation, actually changing that form of our mind, it's impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only person that can effectively transform the, the mind of a human being. We cannot do that. We can expand, we can grow our knowledge of human worldly things, but we are not capable of, of going through the transformational process apart from the Holy Spirit. So what I guess what I'm saying is, is if somebody's in a place where they're just trying to do everything they can and desiring to come out of places that they know are not good for them and are well past their time, but they're not allowing the Holy Spirit, they're not allowing this relationship with God to, to exist in their life all the time so that their mind can continually be transformed throughout this whole life and this whole walk on earth until we get to that place in heaven, right, where perfection sets in. But if they're not allowing themselves to consistently be transformed in their minds by the, by the time spent with God and by the Holy Spirit having his work in them, then they will not be able to have the faculty of making the godly decisions uh, available to them. And they're just going to continue to basically make decisions on the same precepts that got them to where they were in that place. And so it's no wonder that they can't break through. It's no wonder that they can't finally step out of that old place in the time it was supposed to be done and into the new place at its appointed time so that that next season can begin to be beautiful in its time in our lives and things can continue to be birthed in us. You know, think about a piece of wood, right? If Take a log. If I chop that thing up into a bunch of pieces it's still wood, just a bunch, bunch of pieces. If you examine like the molecular structure of it, it's unchanged. It's still the same thing under a microscope, just broken up. But if I take that wood and I set it on fire and I burn it until it becomes ash and coal, the entire molecular structure is changed. It's a different substance under a microscope. And the, the, the transforma transforming of our mind by the Holy Spirit is much like that. We can do a lot of things to try to help ourselves grow or you know willpower and all this but we're just chopping wood into little pieces that's still wood if we allow the fire of God and the Holy Spirit to have his work in us and on our minds then that actual transformation happens to where it's a new thing that's done in us I can't really fully wrap my mind around that, but I know that the Bible says it and teaches it, and I know that it's key to the believer being able to continue to move through this life, going and shifting and transitioning into the next seasons in the right time that God has for us so that great things can happen and great things can be done. And if, 
and if our minds are not being transformed, all right, think of this. If our minds are not being transformed by the Holy Spirit, then the way the word lays this out, there's only one other option that is there. There's only one other default response, and that is that it's being conformed to the world. Right? Do not be in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed in your mind by the renewing of renewing of your mind by the Holy Spirit. So if we're not allowing our minds to be transformed by God's work, then ultimately the only other available option is that it's being conformed to the world. And this is what's happening with people that are stuck. They're just continuing to have their way of thinking and their decisions and their emotions and everything. It's basically from the external out affecting them and they're adapting their decisions to conform to what they think these limitations that they have in themselves or what the possibilities are for them or in this life or anything else for that matter. They, they allow that world to shift and influence and shape and box in what they believe is possible for them to accomplish or break through in their life. And that's not the way God wants you to go through it. He wants it to be transformed from the inside out so that you begin to see new things that are coming through you from the Holy Spirit, changing your mind that's happening from heaven. And then it begins to project outwardly in your life and the way you make decisions and live your life and begin to change the world around you, not the world changing you and you conforming to it. We cannot allow our actions and thoughts to be dominated by the conformity of the world. We have to get the upper ground on these things if we intend to see God's will come to pass for us. So therefore, if one's mind is disengaged from the process of renewal by the Holy Spirit, then our decisions ultimately continue to produce the results that are off the mark of the heavenly purposes preordained for us. And therefore, we fail to change seasons and failure to shift and progress in our lives out of old things and into new things. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 16 through 18 here. There's a lot that happens before this, but I don't want to get into all of these verses here. He's, Paul's talking about just a little bit about Moses whenever you know, he had to come down from the mountain and he had to put the veil over his face because the glory shone on him because he was with God and present with God. And so the effect was there was this glory shining on him. And so Moses put this veil on his face basically because the glory was fading away. You know, it was a temporary thing. And what Paul's getting at here is that before Christ, everything in the Old Testament, you know, there, God's glory before Christ was actually had come and died on the cross and came to live on the inside of us when we surrender our life to him and that transformational power becomes available to us. Prior to that, there was no permanent temporary glory that could be shown through man, that, that God's glory that could be evident in people's lives, you know. And so when you start out in verse 16, he says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So there's no need for a veil because if we allow God's work to continue in us and, and his, our minds to continually be transformed, that the glory of God can continue to shine through us more and more and more. And it's a, it's a permanent, everlasting process that we get to enjoy and go through all through this life if we're engaged in that with the Holy Spirit. And so the glory never fades. It continues to be there in our lives. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, God's whole mission 
uh, through mankind, through his children in this earth, is to fulfill his purposes, to advance the kingdom of heaven. But in the process of doing so, we are always uh, becoming more and more like Christ. We are getting transformed more and more into his image, into his likeness, more and more into the person that he exemplified we should be. And as the Holy Spirit has his work in us, and the byproduct is good works are happening and things are changing to advance the kingdom of heaven, we are all the time becoming more and more like Christ and more like in his likeness. We're being transformed, as it says. And so where the spirit of the Lord is, where it's happening in our lives and he's transforming us, there is liberty, there is freedom. And apart from there, that there is no liberty over the restraints and miseries of the earth, this earthly frailty, right? There's no freedom from that apart from the Spirit of God shaping us and transforming us and changing us. And so if we're disengaged from that process happening, then we, are, we don't have the liberty we're not, we're not walking in faith. We're not walking with the Spirit. And so we're, we're basically subject to the things in this earth that want to bear on, down on us and weigh us down and keep us stuck and keep us from moving on into the things God has for us. And so we're subject to that. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so as we begin to allow God to shape us and change us and renew our minds and grow us into the person he wants us to be, we are walking in a state of freedom and authority and liberty over all those things of this earth that want to oppress us, strongholds that want to weigh us down and want to get us stuck in places where addictions or all kinds of things can begin to hold us back from all the great things that God has for us. The glory of God shines through us more and more as we are transformed into his likeness. I actually, I love this verse, the same scripture. I want to read it in the Message Bible because this is really good. It says, whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. They suddenly recognize God as a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it, all of us, nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face, and we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. This is such powerful stuff, you know, and... As people stay stuck in places and can't seem to move on, they begin to lose hope. They begin to lose hope and they just sort of settle. This is, if somebody's been stuck in a place long enough, many times you can see that they're in a state of hopelessness. They've just sort of accepted for some reason that this is their. This is what they have to go through. This is what they have to deal with. That it, it just can't change, right? And hopelessness is a, is a tool that the enemy would love to use on any one of God's children if he can get it in there and he can, and he can uh, affect them with that. But people that I have seen, you know, being in ministry, you have the opportunity to really peer into and, and see intimate things in a lot of people's lives. You know, I would say more so than a lot of other areas. And 
and you see and you learn about the things that are happening behind the scenes and you try to help people get through things and, you know, bring God's purposes, you know, more into light in their life. And, and one of the things I've seen with people that are battling these strongholds or been stuck in seasons and places they can't seem to break out of is for the ones that actually do come through, the ones that actually do break out of it, that do move forward, you know, and, and sort of step out of that thing for once and for all and begin to move forward in freedom and liberty, is it's not, it's not like, I mean, for many of them, it's almost like a near-death experience has to happen. And most certainly, there's a serious shift, like a switch just goes off inside of them. Something totally changes about the way they're viewing their, it's almost like they realize, you know, Death is evident for me if I don't, if I don't change this. And, and so it's, it's about living or dying, you know. And when it's that drastic, people begin to get shaken hard enough where they can really make the decisions to stay the course. Being motivated by other people in your life, being counseled by friends and family, it's, it's just not enough. It helps, and I'm not saying you don't do that to those people in your life that are going through it. You do. But it's just not enough if something in them doesn't snap and something doesn't change. And I would say that in almost every situation that I know of where people have broken through this, and glory to God, I've seen this happen in people's lives where they've come out of these things, God is somewhere in it. He is somewhere in it. Somehow that person is, is beginning to turn over more and more control and surrender more and more control of their life to God. They're beginning to give it up more that they can't do it and beginning to accept the reality that through God, it's possible. And so they begin to have their mind transformed. They're beginning to have the power of the Holy Spirit working in their life to shape their faculty, to transform their decision-making and their viewpoint and all these things so that the godly decisions, the, the, the right decisions, the wise decisions that have to be made are available to them and the strength to see it through is there as the Holy Spirit is continuing to have its work in them. And as believers, we are, you know, regenerated. Our life is regenerated by the Holy Spirit when we come to accept Christ and we're born again. But we have the way that God set this up is that we are in the process of continually being transformed through this whole life that we walk out, right? Until we go to heaven and we finally get to see God in his perfect glory and we get to be there in that perfect place in heaven. But until we get there, we as people and as children of God are always in, should always be engaged in the process of God shaping and shifting and transforming us as we walk through this earth. And if we can do that, if we can stay engaged, you say, well, how do you do that? Well, you know, God, spending time with God, and you're doing that in your prayer time, genuine prayer time, where you're approaching God in faith, knowing that your prayers are heard and that God is for you, not against you. When you open the word and you read in faith, knowing this is the inspired word of God, and he desires to speak to you, and he desires to grow you and transform you. And if you'll approach it in faith, those are the results that you will get. As you gather together as a community of believers to 
worship and praise him for how great he is and to study his word and be taught the the depths of his word. These are ways, these are things that we are engaged in the process of intimacy with our Father and the Holy Spirit is all the time working in us and renewing our minds and transforming us more and more into his likeness. The challenge that a lot of people face is they engage, disengage, engage, disengage, and they don't stay engaged in this to where it can be a consistent follow-through process that God wants to continue to work out, right? Seasons, changes, plowing, planting, harvesting. Well, you can't just step in and plow for a little bit and then step out and then look around and wonder why you don't have a harvest, right, in your life, why you're still stuck in this place. You have to stay engaged in the process of being uh, transformed. But the great thing is, is the Holy Spirit will keep doing it. He'll just continue to have his way in you and do that if you'll just surrender and submit. You and your own strength don't have to do any of that because you can't. You just have to stay engaged in the process of staying close to him and seeking him, seeking his face, and being where he, being in the place where he can transform you and not disengage and re-engage on an ongoing basis in and out and stay stuck in a season or in a place. It's, it's really this transformation, that word that he uses in the Greek, it's only used four times in the Bible. Two of them are in the scriptures I just went through in Romans 12, 2, and in 2 Corinthians 3, where he's talking about transforming our minds and transforming us more into his likeness. The other two places were actually the same story, but in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, where uh, Jesus is transfigured on the mount. It's very interesting, right? Jesus goes up on the mountain, and uh, he takes three of the disciples with him, and he has an encounter with God, and he is transfigured. His face begins to shine bright like where they can't even see his clothes are white. The disciples, you know, they're kind of like nervous. They don't know what is going on. And they, you know, they try to make an altar there and stuff. And then a voice from heaven says, this is my son who am I, who in I am well pleased. And then Jesus tells him, you know, before they go down, don't, don't tell anybody about this experience, you know. And he understood that it just, the timing wasn't right for, for that to be revealed. But what they got was they got a glimpse of the fullness of his glory, they got a glimpse of that fullness of glory that is basically where he is right now in heaven, that we get to see one day. And that glory is the glory that God wants to shine through us in our imperfect state. How amazing is that? In this humanly form, God wants to use the Holy Spirit to transform us so that we can begin to shine his glory through more and more and more in our countenance and in our lives. And that is an amazing thing. And if we will allow him to transform us and allow him to continue to to grow us more and more into that person that he's desiring us to be, not only will we shift in seasons, will we change, will we progress, will we move on and not get stuck in ruts and stuck in places that just hold us back and hinder us from the great things God has for us. But more importantly, to you and I and to the body of Christ and the kingdom of heaven, he is glorified through us in a mighty way. And God, people can see God through us and in our lives, and it can begin to draw them to him by his spirit, and they can experience that life that you and I get to partake in as well. And that is what it's all about. And so there's a great responsibility to you and I. 
brothers and sisters, as members, children of God, and as members of, of this heavenly family, there's a great responsibility. It's not just for us to transition in our lives. It's not just for us to move forward in and out of seasons. It's for the body of Christ to grow. It's for other people to be set free and experience the liberty that you and I have the opportunity to experience by the Holy Spirit so that they can experience that in their lives. How amazing would it be? Imagine how amazing to know that your life is lived in liberty, but as a result of that, many more get set free from things that they battle and that they face. And many more can begin to experience that freedom and that liberty and that power and authority over the things that are bearing down on them in their lives. How many people do you know and love and care about that you see continuing to go through things over and over and over again? And you desperately wanna do something to pull them out, but all your good advice and all your encouragement and all your financial support and everything else you've tried to do, it just isn't cutting it. It just isn't getting it done, right? Somehow the Holy Spirit, the power of God has got to come into play in their life and he has got to begin to have his way in them to transform and change them. You are incapable of transformation, you and I, but the power of Christ is the only means by which that can happen and that exists in you and I and as we begin to live out the life God has for us and he works through us, then that same power is not only evident to other people but available to them and that's where things can begin.